every business should have a podcast because a podcast is the most affordable and effective marketing tool today. On this episode of Midwest Mindset, we're joined by one of the country's top podcast coaches and experts, Kevin Schmidlin. Kevin has grown two podcasts to incredible success, generating hundreds of thousands of dollars on their own. Plus, he runs the Grow the Show School, the accelerator program that takes anyone from podcast amateur to podcast pro. Hello and welcome back to Midwest Mindset, the podcast that makes marketing easy and simple to do for any business. Today, we're joined by Kevin Schmidlin of Grow the Show. And here's our conversation about how podcasting can help you grow your business and make more money. So a little bit about your history there, Kevin, but I, I really want to know what's it feel like to be a not just a one-time, but a two-time podcast champ? I mean, you have two successful podcasts that you have grown, you have monetized, it is what you do now full time. You have a staff, a team. I think that's every podcaster's dream. How did you get from where you started out in Philly to here today? Oh, man, it's been a heck of a journey. It's been uh, five years now uh, since I went full time into podcasting uh, way back in 2018, which in podcast years is an eternity. I know it's not all that much in like actual years, <laughs> but uh, back in 2018, I launched a show about my home city of Philadelphia. You know, at the time I was a software developer at a big health insurance company, I'm not too passionate about software or health insurance, but you know, it was a, it was a great gig at, you know, six figure salary. Um, but I was, and am super passionate about my home city of Philadelphia. So one day I decided, you know what, I, I really want to hear a po I want to consume a podcast that tells the stories of successful Philadelphians in a really like cinematic and narrative way. Um, and I super naively was like, well, that doesn't exist. So why don't I just make it? Uh, I'll just, I'll just launch a podcast about Philly. Um, and so I did, I spent about six months like going on YouTube, figuring out like what microphone to get, how to edit, how to interview those sorts of things. Launched the show in May of 2018, had a little bit of initial success. So on day one, I got about 250 downloads of the podcast, which I didn't know then but I know now is like actually really impressive for somebody who has no audience to get in day one. So I was like, okay, this is it. I'm, you know, I thought I was the coolest, hottest kid ever gave my notice at work was like, I'm doing this full time. This is working. Uh, and you know, fast forward a bit, had a blast living off of my savings for six months, just being a full-time podcaster. But really quickly I discovered that, Oh, if you just publish episodes, the show is not going to grow and monetize itself, uh, which is what a lot of podcasters think will happen. You just be consistent, put episodes out there and it'll find an audience. It'll grow and sponsors will start reaching out to you and it'll just blow up, quote unquote. Um, I pretty quickly learned that both growth and monetization of a podcast are things that you have to make happen. You have to have a strategy and you have to execute on that strategy and then it happens. So after a year of intense pain where it wasn't working and I didn't have a job and blah, 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 Eventually, I finally learned how to actually grow an audience, how to actually monetize a show. And then 2019 was great. I made six figures off of my Philly show full time. And then like any enterprising, you know, entrepreneurial American, I was like, I think I can, you know, create a business around podcasting. And so the last four years, virtually every thought that I've had has uh, been around helping other podcasters and helping business owners with podcasts to grow their audience and ultimately generate revenue from their shows. 
and your podcast grow the show. That's how I discovered you. I think it was just a search like, how do I podcast? I mean, it was just something basic. I think I punched in and I started listening to it. And the, you know, you teach a lot of this in your, your accelerator program, which I've also gone through as a great experience. Uh, but you talk about being specific. You talk about, you know, knowing what your specific purpose or focus is with your show so you can resonate deeply with the listener. And it makes it feel like, man, this podcast was made just for me. It's like one in a million. And that's how it felt for me. And I know a lot of other, other people, obviously, uh, as you're, you, you have students enrolled in your accelerator uh, course to this day. But that's really the goal of not just a podcast. That's a goal of a business. And I think I had that aha moment with you in one of the group coaching calls where I said, wait a minute, like everything we're doing in here, like if you just replace the word podcast with business and listener for customer, like it all lines up. Did you see that right away or did that kind of unfold over time? It, it certainly unfolded over time, but from the very beginning, I launched the accelerator program that you went through. I launched that in July of 2020. So it's coming up on exactly three years now. And back then I had made the distinction that a podcast is a business. The only your listeners are your customers and the only difference is that instead of them paying you in money they pay you in their attention they pay you with their time and your podcast is a business it is there it should just like your business have a value proposition it should ideal like you know it says hey like this is what if you hire me with your attention by listening to me once a week or twice a week or whatever it is here is what you are going to get in return and you know, a lot of folks will just think, oh, well, it's just a podcast. You get entertainment in return, right? But that's that's table stakes. It has to be entertaining. There's got to be a specific reason why they're going to pick your show out of the millions, literally millions of other choices. Um, and so, yeah, er early on, like, I kind of got it. I don't think I realized how much I got it. <laughs> Looking back now, I'm like, wow, I really kind of intuited it. But it, it, that's my dirty little secret now is that everything that I do the Grow the Show free podcasts, all of our free content, and including my paid products, yes, they are there to help you grow and monetize your podcast. But the, the the deep dark secret is that it's also there to help you become a better business owner and to grow your business as well. Because ultimately, virtually every single podcaster I serve, whether they're somebody who you know has their show as a hobby and they want to monetize it with ads or whatever, or you know more and more each day, the folks that I serve are business owners who have a podcast to help market their business. In either case. The ultimate goal is to drive revenue, right, from your podcast. So even without the analogy, your podcast is a business anyway. So that's the one thing. Like if I if if podcasters can imagine one thing, take one thing away, it would be that. It's like your podcast is a business, your listeners are your customers. So you gotta understand exactly who it is your customer is and what they're and communicate to them what they're gonna get in exchange for their attention. And then it becomes way, way easier to grow if you can realize that. And, and we work with business owners, I mean, over the years, because I, I had a similar trajectory with mine. So with me, I was working in radio. I was in there like over 17 years in radio and television. And I got this idea. I'm like, you know what? We had a client come and they said, hey, could you do a podcast, but with video? And I was like, man, those are like merging my two worlds together, you know, video and podcast. And I had the same just kind of 
enthusiasm, we'll call it, naivete maybe that you did. And so mid-pandemic, and I said, you know what? My contract is up, guaranteed income, health insurance. That's up October of 2020. I'm just going to go do this thing, and we'll see what happens, you know? Um, and I'm glad I did because it, it all came together as a perfect time. I mean, it was a rough time during the pandemic for planet Earth, but there was a lot of silver linings that came out of it and how it accelerated our understanding and appreciation of different mediums like podcasting, like video, like content creation, that now they were required before, but I think a lot of businesses just kind of brushed it off and they thought, I don't have to do that type of engagement or nurture a digital relationship with my customer base. And now they see it. They're like, okay, I'm behind. I got to catch up. And so when, when you say you're working with a lot of business owners, we do the same thing here. And the reason that we, um, that we love podcasting is because it gives you so many different options with the podcast itself and then all the content you can create, you know, what would you say are a couple of the, the, the new areas of focus where you see podcasting uh, going like new layers to podcasting? I know I mentioned video and I think that might be one uh, that you want to talk about because uh, it's interesting to me to see how the, the podcast medium is evolving and the new ways businesses can uh, benefit from it. Yeah, 100%. So video is absolutely a part of it. And we'll talk about that in a second. But the first thing the sort of like hidden one underneath it that I don't think a lot of people realize is the the change in format. So when a lot of people think podcast, they think interview, right? They think conversation, right? But the default is people imagine what we're doing here, you know, two people with microphones having a conversation with each other. Um, and that's, that's great. It's wonderful. You know, interview shows have so many benefits to them, but specifically for business owners, I think the, the thing that's not, the thing with podcasting that's not being talked about as much is the advent and the spread of solo content, right? So solo episodes. And that's basically where the host of this, the entire podcast episode, that's basically where the entire podcast episode is just the host talking to the listener. It's not the host having a conversation with somebody and the value that the listener gets is getting to hear that conversation. It's the host actually having a conversation with the listener. And, you know, if you look at the top, you know, Apple charts on business or marketing or, you know, whatever it might be, any show that has that's sort of put on by a business, you're going to find more and more solo episodes, quote unquote. And the reason why this is important, and this is, you know, something for business owners who are podcasting to understand, is that solo episodes have incredible, can provide incredible business, uh, solo episodes can provide incredible benefits, number one, to the business owner, because those episodes are way more efficient to produce, right? You don't have to find somebody, invite them, book the time, get it rescheduled, have the interview, edit the interview, blah, 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 right? <laughs> you just literally turn on the microphone, share a story or a lesson or just something valuable to the listener, and that's it. They're incredibly efficient to produce, but what's also true is they're incredibly efficient to consume as well. Listeners love them because they tend to be straight to the point. They tend to be shorter because there isn't as much ado and housekeeping stuff and introductions and everything like that. It just gets right to the value. And because of that, people, you know, those episodes have higher retention rates and people are way more engaged with them. And, and one thing I just want to throw in uh, that just to reiterate how true this is. So when we were going through the accelerator course, the, the grow the show uh, with, with Kevin, we experimented with some different formats and we started off, we did like conversational round table. Then it shifted to 
the interview, or no, I'm sorry, then it shifted to monologue or solo episodes, then it shifted to interview. And it was, we've, we tracked what's called a consumption rate, and that is the percentage of each episode that listeners are consuming. It's your engagement. How engaged is your audience? We were at like 85, 90 plus percent for every monologue or solo episode. We were at about 48 to 52% for every interview format. And I think people default to interview because it's almost a crutch. You're not out there like hanging in the wind by yourself. You've got somebody else you can, you know, lean on but they are just much more effective. It's much more personal. I mean, you're you're literally inside someone's head talking directly to them. You can't get more intimate than that, right? Right, and interviewing itself is a skill. Like it is not something to just be, to just assume that everybody's good at. Like it is something that it takes work to be able to conduct and lead a really engaging and compelling interview. Like that's, you know, not something to brush off. So what we find is that there's a lot, anybody can podcast, which is a wonderful thing. But when everybody defaults to the interview, you have people who really don't understand the art and the craft of conducting a really engaging interview, you know, establishing what the topic of the interview is ahead of time, keeping the conversation within the barriers where it should be, and ultimately making it so that every single minute of the podcast episode is valuable. That's a lot harder to do when you've got to conduct two people and, and drive a conversation compared to turning on a microphone and answering a question that a lot of your customers ask you all the time or sharing a customer story of somebody who got from A to B or even just you sharing your thoughts as the expert on something related to the field. Again, super, super compelling, super efficient and that's when you get those, you know, sometimes over a hundred percent retention rates compared to forty percent. Which, to your like, to your point, uh, m the vast majority of podcasters that I come across have never checked their completion rates before, so they don't know how what percentage of the episode on average their listeners are actually consuming. And when you see forty percent, that means on average people are getting less than halfway through the interview, um, and it's usually because lack of focus, or maybe there was a boring digression, or it just wasn't that valuable for people to hear the conversation. It might've been valuable for you to have it. You might've loved having the conversation, but you gotta ask, is this something that people are gonna wanna listen to? Um, and you know, in most cases, it's not, but with a solo episode, it often is. <laughs> yeah, and you know, another big advantage, two big advantages here I'll add on, it, when you're doing a solo episode, I think it gives you, the host, and the owner and face of your company, it gives you more authority, it gives you more credibility, because you're seen in this position of authority. That's one thing I love about podcasts is, you know, how it doesn't often matter how many downloads you get. Downloads are kind of like your binge press. Like only you know how much you could binge and only you care, you know. Um, but it, what matters to me is like, is it quality engaging content? Of course, yes. But then just on face value, you're seen as an authority. So you don't need somebody else to share that stage with you and take that credibility away from you. You can do it on your own. And the other thing I'll say that Kevin won't, and I'm not, re I'm not uh, referencing Kevin here at all in any way, but sometimes it happens guests can suck. They're just not that good. And no matter how much editing you do, it's just a, heard of an interview and you're like, you know what? I have to put on an episode, so I have to do this. And once that starts to happen and you lessen the quality of your show or your product, if we're thinking of it as a business here, it really can have some, some long-term negative effects. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and if you think about it, you know, it's like, if you, if your podcast is, I love this analogy, let's take it a step farther. If your podcast is a business and you know, your listener is your customer, 
if if every episode that you have is an interview show, then you're basically relying on every single week somebody comes in to serve what you promise to your customer. So it's like if somebody had a restaurant and like a chef owned a restaurant and only ever had guest chefs come in to make the food every week. And sometimes the guest chefs have never been a chef before, right? And so you've got this person who is an incredible cook, has tons of knowledge to share, but is relying on other people to cook the food. Now, this is not to say that interviews aren't good. I mean, we're here doing it. Obviously, we think it's worth our time, right? But what you know, it's just that when you do add the solo episode as a part of your podcast, some people elect to just make their whole show solo episodes, which you can do. But if you at least elect to have half or some of your episodes be solo, it, 100%, you have more control over the content. And what I'll add to what you said, Matt, is that when the reason why people see you as an authority is not just because your it's your voice that they hear the whole episode. It's because of the value that you are delivering to them. It's because of what you say and how useful it is and and specifically relevant and resonant to their life. And people will, you know, see you as an authority when they feel that you understand them and you can solve their problems, right? And so when you just cut to the chase, record an episode that says, hey, you know how you're experiencing this? Well, this is how you can change it or fix it or whatever it is. Then they're like, wow, this person knows what they're talking about. And again, if you're a business owner, it just makes it so much faster that they're gonna be like, I wanna work with them. Well, your your goal as a business is to build trust with new customers. That's the foundation of marketing, uh, growing your business. They need to trust you. If they trust you, they'll fill in the blanks. It's just a lot easier to build trust with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, especially if they're just being truly authentic, sharing their you know failures and, and wins and everything, uh, all, all the above. That's going to build trust and then they'll fill in the blank uh, as far as like they people assume you're qualified. They don't need to be sold on all the specs and the facts of everything that's great about your business. I mean, you want it to be there, right? But it's all about trust. And I think podcasting is a medium that's so intimate when it's one on one, when it's a solo episode a format that it really it's like instant trust is built. Um, and yeah, we do that with this show where we alternate. We'll have a solo episode one week. And even like this, uh, this episode here, we still have like segues throughout it, which I know you do with your uh, Grow the Show podcast as well, uh, where it still has that feeling like we're here together. You're not just a fly on the wall that we're ignoring. You're a part of this show. Um, the next thing you, so video is one thing we're obviously huge on here, uh, with, with our company and helping clients when we layer video on, we create all these video shorts and different elements, uh, for marketing purposes. But I know you, you just, uh, kind of, uh, you, you've had your YouTube channel for a while, but I know you've kind of, uh, I don't know, you've re been reinvigorated a little bit. I see you posting more and more content and more videos. So where do you see video taking the podcasting medium next? Yeah. So. I think that with every passing year, so like I said, I've been in podcasting for about five years. And so far, every single one of those five years, with each year that passes, more and more people, when they say the word podcast, what they mean is a, this is kind of contradictory to what we just said, but what they what they are referring to is an interview. What they're referring to is a video conversation rather than what podcast meant five years ago to virtually everybody, which was an, a piece of audio content that you listen to somewhere while you're doing something else. Like I said, with time, when people say, I'm going, I've now just this past year have heard people saying, I'm going to watch a podcast, which before that you only ever heard people say, 
I'm going to listen to a podcast. Now, what does this mean for folks that are listening? Well, I'll tell you what it does not mean. It does not mean that every single podcast creator must get into video. And that's the big question that podcasters are asking. It's like, oh, who don't already have video. They're asking, oh God, am I gonna have to be a YouTuber? Am I gonna have to figure out how to use a camera and lights and everything like that? And the fact of the matter is, yes, the industry is moving in that direction. And as time passes, it will be more and more beneficial and more and more baseline for there to be a video component. So what I would say to those podcasters is, if video is something you are willing to do or you are interested in doing and you have the time and the desire to lear learn how it all works, now is the time 100% to do it because number one, YouTube has officially, finally, after years of deliberation, put their foot in the podcast space, right? So they have... Uh, the ability to share RSS feeds on YouTube channels and there's like podcast panes on YouTube channels now. So YouTube is moving to be a place where people by default go to consume podcasts. But what's also true is that Spotify, which is about tied for Apple as the biggest podcast listening app, with every month is adding more and more video components and more and more podcasts are adding their video feed to the Spotify app. So you're just seeing these two worlds start to meld, right? YouTube, which used to just be video and you couldn't, you know, if you wanted a podcast on YouTube, you'd have to kind of game the YouTube system and get it up there. Spotify, which didn't have video, which is where people went to go listen to podcasts. They're slowly trying to merge into each other. So now, the message for a podcaster who has no interest in video, doesn't have the resources at the time or the interest in learning how to use microphones and lighting and stuff like that, the reality is there's, there still is and there always will be a vast amount of people who listen only when they consume the podcasts, when they consume podcasts, right? They are podcast listeners. They have no interest in watching interviews, which, by the way, it's very rare that someone sits and watches an hour-long conversation. Really, they just kind of have it on. But the, the, the message for those people is there will always be people who only listen, who are only interested in the audio feed, and there will always be room for audio-only podcasts to be successful. The key is to just make it a decision. Do you want to be an audio-first podcast by default? And sure, maybe you like, you know, upload your audio versions to YouTube or something if you want. Or do you want to be a video first podcast by default, where when you create your content, you are, you know, focusing on how it looks first. And then, you know, you distribute the audio version on the podcast listening apps. It, there's no must behind it. If you are on the fence, I would recommend going towards video just because of the way the industry is going. But if you're on the other side, that's cool too. Just make the decision and be at peace with it and go all in. <laughs> and, and even if you don't post the long form video, because you're right, a long form video, you have to build up a very loyal YouTube channel following and subscribers to actually watch. Usually it's about anywhere from three to eight minutes and then the audience is going to drop off. So you're right. It is going to, that's why YouTube recommends eight to 10 minute, 12 minute videos are kind of the sweet spot for how the longer uh, form video content until you build up your, your audience. However, if you throw a video camera up and you want to look good, but like you don't have to do a full, even if it's not posting the full long form video, uh, I think using snippets from the podcast and like we're recording this on Riverside, you can edit little vertical uh, shorts uh, right there in and download them right there from Riverside. So it's pretty easy. They do text editing, which is pretty nice. So even if you don't know how to do video editing, you can get that done. And I'm not just saying this because Riverside is one of your sponsors. I mean, maybe because maybe they'll sponsor us too. No, I'm kidding. But using these vertical video shorts for reels and YouTube shorts, they will help you grow your channels and your business. We've just seen uh, 
dramatic impact. So using those as a little secret weapon, I would say, even if you don't post that long form video is, is definitely worth, uh, worth the time and, and investment for, for businesses when it comes to their marketing. Um, so as we talk about using marketing as, as one of the most effective and affordable tools for your business to grow it and market your business, where would you say today people start out? That's kind of where I wanted to leave, leave, uh, leave people today is, okay, what do I do with all this information? It sounds great. Where do I start? And we're going to have links to, uh, to Kevin's podcast, grow the show and the grow the show accelerator course. You can, uh, think you guys still do like a free consultation to kind of go through everything you do. I highly recommend that, but where should new newbie pod podcasters start? Like what's step one, two, and three today in 2023? Yeah. So step one, and this is this is my sort of framework here in my opinion is step one is to just get super clear on who it is you're trying to serve and basically create what i call a cat one premise category of one you want to make it so that your show is truthfully one in you know several million uh but how do you do that right when there are several million podcasts and there's clearly other people talking about what you want to talk about well what i recommend is aiming so that your show is unique across three things. Number one, who the show is for. Number two, what it will do for those specific, for that, let me start that over. Number one, who specifically your show is for. Number two, what specifically it will do for those people. And number three, how specifically it will do it. The combination of those three things, if those three things are unique, where you can truthfully say like, hey, this is the only podcast where blank, then you're off to a great start. Notice that I didn't start by saying uh, platform or microphone or this or that. It's truly what is the mission of this thing? Who is it going to serve and how is it going to serve them? So for my Philadelphia example, when I launched that show, now I didn't understand this distinction at the time. I kind of just got lucky and intuited it, but there were already other podcasts that uh, interviewed successful Philadelphians. I would not have been the first one. And because those shows were already established, if I had just started yet another show that was interviewing, you know, Philadelphians and it was just, you know, kind of the standard, you know, oh, we do an interview, talk about whatever. Like I would not have been successful because there's no way I could have competed with these established shows. Some of them were put on by, you know, 40 year old radio stations, right? So, but what I did was it was a show for Philadelphians. It told the story of successful Philadelphians, but what made my show unique, this is, not, I'm not saying that other podcasters have to do this, but my unique selling point was that I did a lot of voiceovers and I made it a narrative show. So rather than, you know, the listener just hearing me talk to these people, it was kind of like an audio documentary. Now, it was a lot of work. Again, not saying that people have to do it that way. But the reason why my show got really early success was because it was truly unique. Number one, who it was for. And number two, what it did for them wasn't unique, but the how was. So that's super abstract. But I start there because... If you can have a show that number one is as unique as it possibly can and you're not, you know, it's not yet another show talking about motivation or success or interviewing people from all walks of life and sharing their stories. Like that's what like if there's two million podcasts, one point seven million of those are interesting stories with successful people of all walks of life. Tips, number tricks, one, techniques. Yes. And those th <laughs> number that's not specific. Right. That's just super broad. And it's not. Uh, is not unique. So find a value proposition for your show, a, a premise that is specific and as unique as you can make it. And then it's just a matter of make four. 
Just make four, if you're doing solo episodes, record four stories that are useful. Answer four questions that your audience asks you all the time. If you're doing interviews, record four interviews and then put it out there on the internet. And that is all you have to do to start. That definitely uh, oversimplifies things a little bit, but really that's all, it's just about being unique, being specific and starting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Everybody, and I found this when we were doing our sketch comedy TV show, which is where my brother and I kind of cut our teeth and learned how to do all this on a very small budget. So it's our origin story to what we do today for businesses, helping them with all this content that's high quality on a budget. But what we found was amidst all the haters and everybody who was like, I, that should be me doing a television show after SNL, not you. What we found that was interesting is they all had a great idea. The difference was in we actually took the risk to go do it. Like we actually learned how to do it. We learned what tools we needed to master so that we could actually pull this off. And in doing it, I'm sitting there and there maybe some of these, these people who are, whether it's jealousy or just, they don't, they, they, they want to be in the, the limelight and they say, Oh, I wish I, that should be me. Well, it could be them. It could be you right now listening. It's just the difference is in who is willing to learn what they need to do and then actually effing do it and that comes from our old sales director at our radio station he had afdi plastered everywhere and it was actually effing do it until until hr got a got a word of it and then it was taken down pretty swiftly but it's so true you know it's those who are willing to actually take that step and take the risk and do it it reminds me of one time when i was in high school i was with my my at the time my girlfriend and her family at uh at the art museum in philadelphia and uh my girlfriend at the time was studying art history and her father, you know, always just kind of, you know, joked about art. And we got into the area where it was like modern art or I, I'm not, I don't know much about visual art. So I don't know what the actual genre is or whatever you call it, but, or style, but you know, it was the art where like, it's clearly like a bunch of paint, like splattered and everything. And abstract. this thing is like in a museum, abstract. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, this thing's like in a museum, it's worth like millions and millions of dollars. And of course her dad's like, I could do that. And I, I vividly, I think about it all the time. She turned to him and said, you could but you haven't. And like, he was like, rah, 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 rah. but I remember, I still think about that to this day. Cause it's true. Like anybody could do that, but nobody does. Right. Yeah. And it's not just abstract art. It's literally any art you listener, you can do it. You just haven't yet. And that's okay. Now's the time to start. Yeah. And uh, Kevin, I know you and your team are always stoked, excited to help people do just that. And uh, I think, you know, we, we exist in this podcasting world kind of doing some things similarly, but in different ways, I think. And I, I thoroughly enjoy, enjoyed your accelerator course, uh, thoroughly enjoyed having you here on the show today. And I know if, if, if you're someone who wants to get started and you don't know where to start, I think talking with Kevin and his team is is a, a very smart first step, you know, and kind of go through that process because they are the experts. I mean, I'm, I coach podcasters and I took away so much from the accelerator course. So if you're just getting started, just imagine how much you're going to take away. Uh, again, we'll have the link in the show notes for you, uh, as well as to Kevin's podcast, Grow the Show. Kevin, thank you so much for uh, being on the show here today, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure. It's all mine. This is awesome. Thank you.